0: Thank you, Jesus. uh, Or you can be seated, but would you turn to a couple people around you and just tell them that there's fresh oil for you tonight. Tell them like you mean it, if you believe it. God doesn't give you old oil, He gives you fresh oil. Father, once again, we're very grateful. We don't know what all You've got going on, what all You plan to do in the days ahead. We're just thankful to be part, Lord, of Your design, of Your purpose lord of your destiny lord of your plans lord you're the potter and we are the clay and lord in your hands we're blessed we want you to have your way we want you to apply the water the oil lord smooth us lord do whatever you think is needed in our hearts We trust our life, we trust our future, everything only to you. We're thankful tonight for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving your church the Spirit of God. Thank you for the Holy Ghost that you give to us in our hearts and upon our lives and helping us through the storm, through the fires, through the battles. Lord, no matter what terrain or wilderness, Or where you send us Lord. It's good. And you give us victory. In the name of our Lord Jesus. And we pray tonight. For the encouragement. And building up of your saints. Because you are building Jerusalem. And gathering the outcast of Israel. And tonight you're healing broken hearts. And binding up their wounds. And setting the captive free. So that we can offer true praise. And. An acceptable offering of worship unto you. We thank you now. We trust you now. And we believe you for it all. In Jesus' holy name. Can you say amen? Amen. The book of Revelation chapter number 5. The book of the Revelation chapter number 5 going to be sharing tonight for a few moments don't hang up your harp don't hang up your harp tonight revelation chapter 5 beginning with verse number 8 the word of god says now when he had taken the scroll that he is the lord jesus christ the only one worthy The four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Say the Lamb. Each having a harp. Each, say each. Every single one of them had a harp. God gave them a harp. And golden bowls. Full of incense. And that incense was the prayers of the saints. A sweet aroma to God. Not just any prayers. It's not religious prayers. It's from a born again heart. Calling upon the Lord. Crying out to God. Taking their burdens to the Lord. Crying to the Lord from the ends of the earth. And this is an incense unto God. The prayers of the saints. There's a group of men uh, over in the Carol Vance unit. And they have a prayer team there. And they, they were taking up prayer requests. And they're praying for this ministry here and for uh, these three days and for this church here and the body of believers here. They've been locking in in prayer and fasting there in the penitentiary. And they're believing. That's the key. And they're believing. There's churches down in the San Antonio area with true brothers and sisters in the Lord that are praying for the saints here. Now whenever heaven gives attention somewhere, there's a reason. It's because of what he's about to do, what he's doing and what he's about to do in individual and in corporate life. It's because he means business. When the light of heaven shines down on you, there's a reason. Verse number 9. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll... To open its seals, John had got a, a bit discouraged there. He had saw that there was some seals, there was a scroll that needed to be opened, but they searched the heavens, the earth, and under the earth, and there was no man found worthy, and he was ready to hang his harp up. He was, began to weep and he began to cry until all of a sudden one of the elders said, Hey, hold on there. Just hold on a minute before you uh, hang that harp up all the way there. Just uh, one moment here. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb of God, he is worthy and he will open that scroll. You were slain. This is verse number nine. You were slain. And have redeemed us to God by your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Now that should be a big thank you, Jesus. The Lord is not prejudiced. The Lord's not seeing skin color or, or where you were born or who your family was. Out of every tribe, every tongue, and people, and nation, Verse 10, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. This harp we're speaking of tonight is not a physical harp. You might not play a physical instrument. You might not know how to play a stringed instrument or a a flute or a saxophone or a set of drums. But this harp is given to every single child of God. It's their heart of worship It's that personal praise. It's a heavenly harp. And it's given. And the scripture says here about these elders. Back in verse number 8. Each one had a harp. Can you take it back there brother? Each one. Say each one was holding a harp. And sometimes when you begin to put your harp aside. Or set your harp down. The very best thing that you need is to see someone else who's got their harp. And sometimes it's someone that just, they they know something and it's not to be better than anyone. It's not to discourage those who have hung up their harp. It's to encourage to say, hey, I have one of those too. And you pick back up that heavenly harp because only a heavenly harp can take you to heavenly places. A heavenly harp is a heavenly song. It's personal experience. It means I know Jesus touched you and I'm blessed by your testimony. But I'm singing to him because of what I know and who I believe he is for me. The things that he's brought me through. How worthy I believe he is. We join with all the saints. But each of our voices, God hears each and every one of them. In a big, it could be a crowd of a million people singing to God and God hears your voice. I don't care if you're in tune or out of tune. You pull out that heavenly harp and you begin to worship him and God will take you places. You might be a person you want to, I'd like to uh, travel To see the Taj Mahal or to see, I'd like to travel Italy or I'd like to go to Rome or some of these places. Nothing wrong with that. But see, only God takes you to heavenly places. This is the very thing tonight we want to focus on. Psalms chapter 137. Would you go there please with me? Psalm chapter 137. And verse number one, can you say thank you, Jesus? Jesus. There's a people that have hung their harps up. Verse one says, by the rivers of Babylon, that's the worldly rivers, that's the rivers of Satan, it's the rivers of evil, it's the rivers of depression. It says rivers, plural. It's the river of addiction. It's the river of torment. Scripture says fear comes with it, torment. Being tormented. And a river is one of those things. It's not a pond. A river is one of those things that just keeps coming at you and keeps coming at you and keeps coming. It's a flowing thing. This is not a good river. This river we're speaking of here is an evil river. And it continues to come and continues. And it can be so overwhelming that even the people of God, look what it says. There we sat down, yea, we wept. But this wasn't tears of faith. When we remembered Zion, doubts begin to come. I thought God meant to do something great in my life. I thought Jesus was really with His church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. You know, I know God touched me when I was a young boy or a young girl. I was talking on the phone. Me and her brother was uh, interceding and praying for a lady, a precious lady, who used to sing the gospel, and she, somewhere along the way, through divorce, she'd been abused by her husband, and then her child was taken. And she went through all these things. The church she was in fell apart. And somewhere, all these rivers... And as she was on the phone, on speakerphone, between my brother and I, while we were driving, listening to her, I asked her, I said, when were you saved? She began to tell me her testimony. Oh, when I was a little girl, I got saved. And she said, you know what? I I would, after school, I would come home to my room, and I would just shut the door and meet there with God. She said, I remember at eight years old that I, I would hear angels singing. And sometimes I would cry all night just in God's presence. And and he would speak a word to me. And I had such experiences. She says, but do you think I'm crazy? Maybe maybe it was just my imagination or something. And I could hear that lying devil. I waited for her to finish. And there were some words of the Holy Spirit for her telling her don't you believe those lies those experiences that you had they were real and the devil has a way of making you forget the miracles of God and like maybe it didn't happen or did that really happen or why would and the thought that was uh, plaguing her was this thought that this doubt that was saying something like uh why would God do that for me I was probably a silly little girl Why would the God of heaven want to meet with me? How could that be possible? And these doubts and come to find out that uh, ex-husband she had, he was one of the agents of Satan that was just pouring all this uh, lies over her and just beating her up daily with his words. You're stupid. You're foolish and all these things. And finally, she hung up her heart. Long story short, at the end of this conversation. And we prayed. We said, Let us pray with you. We just started praying. We prayed in the Spirit. We prayed in, in English. We uh, began to sing songs. And we began to hear weeping. And all of a sudden, on the speaker phone, she began to sing. And she was singing and worshiping. I don't know. If we were one hour, hour and a half. I don't know what it was. On speaker phone, we were just worshiping. And the presence of God filled the truck. I don't know what she felt like. I just know the presence of God was there. And afterwards, we were like, it's Jesus touching you. And she started crying. She said, you men don't understand. She said, I've been on an oxygen tank. She said, I'm way overweight. She said, my health has gone down. I can't make it from one room to the other without almost dying. She said, I haven't sang. I can't tell you how long. I can't even hold a breath to even hold a tune. She said, and while you were praying, I took the oxygen off. And I've been singing for this past hour. And I'm not even out of breath. I can still go on. God has compassion for those who have hung up their harps. Because we've all at some point hung our harps up in some way or somehow. Or maybe uh, we just put it on the wall and passed by. On Sunday morning, bring, maybe on Wednesdays bring, but see God, we've all been through times and we've all failed in this many ways and God knows the rivers and these people here, it's not to be harsh on them, but what happened? They said, we sat down verse two and we hung up our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. We hung our harps up. Verse three. And there was those who carried us away captive. Those are the demon powers. And they asked us of a song. The devil will tell you to sing Christian songs too. But he'll tell you in a way that's mocking you. So that you just don't want to have any part to do with it anymore. That's the voice of the enemy. And those who plundered us. Those who, who stole from us and took from us. They were mocking us. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. I want you to pull your harp out and sing for me. That's what they did to Samson. If you read the story again, you'll find out that they didn't just poke out his eyes. They chose not to kill him because they said, let's have some fun with it. And they would bring him out. And the Bible says they'd bring him out for entertainment and for sport. And there they would have him perform for them. And that's where the devil tells you, you're just a performer. You're just a fake. You're just a phony. You're just a hypocrite. Verse number four, that was the question. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? How is it possible to regain my harp? How is it I'm going to sing to the Lord? I want you to hear tonight, there's a reason that Satan, there's a very important reason that Satan works to get you to hang up your harp. To get you to stop your, your song to the Lord. You're rejoicing in the Lord. It doesn't matter what your voice sounds like. It's that heart of worship. It's that heavenly harp. It's in heavenly places where you go. It's not about this earth. It's not about the news. It's not about what's happening in the economy, yours or the government's or this nation's. It's about heavenly song. It's about heavenly places. It's about Jesus Christ. That after he died on the cross and was raised again, he was ascended on high, far above all principalities, powers, mights and dominions in heavenly places was set down. Ephesians chapter one, chapter two says, and you also you were raised up with him and you were seated with him in heavenly places, say heavenly places. I want you to look for a moment what the devil's big beef, what his problem is with this. Because it seems like such a small thing. Go to Psalm 149 and you'll find out what the devil's problem is. And I pray tonight that every person in this house, you'd be a real problem for him all the days of your life and the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. Psalm 149 verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and do that. Would you just give praise to the Lord right there in your seat where you're at? Don't wait on nobody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, my king. Hallelujah, my savior. Hallelujah, my redeemer. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. What's a new song? It's fresh praise to God. His praise in the assembly of the saints. Also do that amongst God's people like we are here tonight. So you've been very obedient to the Lord tonight if you've been praising him. Be doers of the word, not just hearers. Verse number two. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let them do that. Let them do it. Let them rejoice. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them. You have to let them. You have to let yourself rejoice. You have to let others rejoice. You got to not be embarrassed about rejoicing in your maker and in your savior. Let it happen. Look what he says. The word of God is very encouraging. Verse 3. Let them praise his name. Let them praise him with a dance. Let them dance. I don't care if they have a tambourine or if they have a flag or it's just their hands as banners. Let them dance. And if they feel older or they're sitting in a chair or a wheelchair and they tap their foot or they want to rejoice, don't you make fun of them. Don't you join with that mocking crowd of the, the, the devil's world. Act like they got it together in worldly concerts or at the bar. I mean, dancing like a fool and, and and acting cool about it, like it's all good. But somehow when people are dancing before the Lord, oh my I can't believe they're doing that. Let them praise him with a dance. Let them let them let them sing praises to him with the timbrel. And that word there is a harp. That's what it is. With a timbrel and a harp. Say harp. harp. Let them pick up their harp. Let them praise God. They might praise God a little different than you do. If you, haven't, if you don't speak in unknown tongues, but they are, let them do that. Let them sing with the understanding. Let them sing with the Spirit. Let them bless the Lord. For the Lord, verse 4, takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Humble yourself and bless the Lord. Humble yourself and pick up your harp. Humble yourself and worship the king. Verse 5. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Thank you, Jesus. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let them sing on their beds. Let them praise him on their beds. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 6, let the high praises. Here's what the devil's problem. We're coming down to this. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Here it is. Here's the devil's problem. And a sharp two-edged sword in their hand. Somehow, and I'm not talking about physical weapons here. Not talking about a physical harp tonight, talking about your heavenly heart, not talking about physical weapons, Christians with with guns. If you own a gun, that's your business. But this is not about that. We don't battle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this sin, sick, lost world. A sharp two edged sword in their hand and the devil knows it. He's very aware. That's why he'll mock. And tell you, sing me a Christian song. But he, he's not saying it sincerely. He's mocking you so you'll shut down. Remember last week? Remember what I did to you? Remember how you fell? Remember what they did to you? Now sing me a song. But you're not going to start uh, singing a song to God by remembering what they did to you or what you did or all these other things. The only way is for you to set your gaze upon the Lamb of Glory, the worthy one who's worthy And as you begin to praise him, God puts a sharp two-edged sword in your hand, verse 7, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains. These are demonic kings. And their nobles, that's the principalities and powers, the wicked spirits in the heavenly places with the fetters of iron. To execute on them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Verse 8, say "All all his saints. Not some of them. This honor has all of them. You've been given this honor. You can be set free while you're playing your harp to God. Your son or daughter can be set free while you're playing your harp to God. You men in the home, you play your harp, the Holy Spirit flows through that dorm, or the the women, or your household, wherever it is. The Holy Spirit flows through your house. He flows through those dorms. He works the miracles. He's the one that binds up those evil powers that are oppressive. He's the one that begins to work and set people free. Heard a testimony, true testimony of a wonderful brother, Pastor Raji. Over in Syria, part of the underground church. Underground doesn't necessarily mean it's underground, if you know what I mean. (laughs) He helps uh, pastors in Antioch and all those areas. And as soon as they get saved, they start becoming. uh, There's no meeting about should we have leadership. Every man starts becoming leadership because, one, a lot of them are dying. So it's no question. We need to take this serious. We need to be leaders of our house. We need to be leaders, exampleship within the church. And we need to take the gospel to the ends of the world. But because of that, Satan rages. And Pastor Raji visited over here to the United States. And when he flew back one trip over there to Syria, they were waiting for him because somehow they had spied on him, had some pictures of him and proved that he was in a church like this. Pictures of him. They arrested him. And they took him and they stripped him down with no clothing and put him into a walk-in freezer and locked the door and left him in there to die. See, the devil doesn't just want to persecute you and torment you. He wants to shame you. That's the stripping. Now, he was stripped physically with no clothing. And he was there freezing to death. And somewhere the thought hit him. And somewhere it hit him. I'm about to die. Uh, Lord, take care of my family. But somewhere the thought hit him, I don't want to die like this, not worshiping God. And he just began to praise him and worship him. Thank you, Jesus, all you've done for me and for eternal life. I trust you with my family. He began to sing songs that he knew in Syrian or whatever he was. He took his harp out, and he's just worshiping God there. He said uh, the hours flowed. He didn't know what was going on. The whole day passed in a freezer. All of a sudden, he felt a warmth come from the top of his head over his body. He felt completely clothed, though he was totally naked. And he was there worshiping. And at the end of the day, a door opened. And they came in there looked at him real strange, threw some clothes at him, told him to get out of there and let him go free. But he already had it set in his heart. Even if I'm not delivered, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to play on my harp. Yes, in this freezer. The rivers of Babylon, that's not the only river that there is. There's many rivers in Babylon of, of what we've mentioned, this world. And it can be so discouraging uh, the things that are going on and happening in our world. But the scripture says in Psalm 46 verse 4, there is a river, another river, say another another river, whose stream shall make glad the city of God. The devil has his rivers. God says, I don't need all these many different types of rivers. I have a river. And it's one river, the Holy Spirit and his rivers, when they flow out of you, this river shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the most high God. Turn with me to the book of Ezra. Chapter eight, the book of Ezra. If you don't know where Ezra is, you can look on the screen. Ezra chapter number eight and verse 21. Going to talk about this river for a moment. This might just encourage you. Verse 21. Ezra said. Ezra 8. 21. I proclaimed a fast there at the river called Ahava. In the Hebrew tongue, that word means love. Not just any love. It means a selfless, completely giving type of love, which is God's love. In the Hebrew, this word Ahava, that's what it means. And Ezra they were wanting great things to happen. They were wanting to do God's will. He's come to build the temple and all these things. But there's ambushes. There's all kinds of enemies. There's all kinds of opposition, everything coming against them. But the opposite of Psalm 137, Ezra sat down by a different river. Instead of meditating on the rivers of the world, it's the river of God, of his love. And we sat down there to humble ourselves before God and to seek from him the right way for us, our little ones, and all of our possessions. God, we've stopped here, not by any river. We're going to meditate on your love. That's what, why we get into the word. We don't get into the word so we can become knowledge heads. We're, we're meditating on his love. That's like tonight. This, we're just opening the word. And we're just hearing the word. And his faith comes as you hear his word. And we're meditating on Jesus, on his love, seeking a safe way for us, our little ones, and all of our possessions. Go down to verse 31, chapter 8, verse 31. And when we departed from the river Ahava on the twelfth day of the first month to go to Jerusalem, the hand of our God was upon us. And he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and from the ambush along the road. So we came to Jerusalem and stayed there three days. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. He gave glory to God. He said, we're going to seek the Lord. We're going to, but we're not going to seek him just anywhere. We're not going to be there. You can't seek him uh, surfing... The television, you can't seek him there because all these rivers of Babylon are coming at you. You can't seek him uh, on Facebook unless it's all Christian uh, thing going on there. You can't seek him uh, focused on the rivers of this world. You can only seek him meditating on his love. Go to Luke chapter 21. The Lord Jesus prophesied. Luke chapter 21, verse 28. I'm going to read this. He said, in the last days, these rivers are going to be so much. There's going to be so much happening in this world that we live in. Great fear is going to come upon men. And there's going to be great signs and wonders. And there's going to be all types of betrayal and all types of evil and false prophets. But I want you to look at verse 27, Luke 21, verse 27. Then they shall see the Son of Man coming. In a cloud with power and great glory. I try to tell people, but only the Holy Ghost can convict them. The Lord Jesus is going to appear in the eastern sky. He's going to come. This is his world. He's going to reclaim it. He's only, well, why hasn't he come yet? He's only being patient. The Bible says long-suffering so that he doesn't want anyone to perish. It's not his will. He's not happy about it when the wicked perish. That doesn't make him happy. But he's coming. He's coming. With power and great glory. Our Lord. All of hell's not going to stop him. All of mankind. All of atheistic thinkers. All of people, unbelievers. They're not going to stop him. He will come. Because he has someone to come for. He purchased her with his blood. It's the bride of Christ. He didn't pay that high price and say, ah, forget her. And I'm talking about the men and women, the body of Christ. He's coming. Verse 28. Now, when all these things, all those things that are going to happen and that are happening now begin to happen, Jesus said, I want you to look up. I want you to lift up your heads. I don't want you to be dwelling on earthly things. I want you to be in heavenly places. That doesn't mean you can't drive your car or go to work. It just means that wherever you are, you know who you belong to. And you carry your harp. You, you might not always be singing out loud. But you don't hang that harp up. You have a heart of worship to God. That's the lifting up of the head. It's looking up to Him. There's someone greater than this world. Greater than all the rivers of addiction. Of depression. Of, of all the death that's here in our world. Because your redemption is drawing near. Heavenly places. This is why Paul. Wrote words like this, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. He says, I'm going to pray with my understanding about things I know to pray for. But I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit. That's prayer in an unknown tongue. You might not pray in an unknown tongue. But Jesus said, those that believe in my name, oh, yes, you may. But that's not your understanding. That's your spirit. But he said something more. He said, I will sing with the Spirit. There's new songs. That's the harp of God. But I will also sing with the mind to songs like we were a while ago, singing songs. And some songs you're learning, some songs you already know, but we're singing songs to God. And and Paul said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing with my understanding and I'm going to sing to God with my heart, with the spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine. But be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19 says, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart unto the Lord. And he said, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 19 said, you're making melody to God. You don't have your harp hung up on some wall somewhere or just some past experience with God. God Himself. The Lord Jesus, this is what we come down to tonight. They're going to preach long tonight. The Lord Jesus has a harp too. Remember those people by the rivers of Babylon? They were just being blinded. And once again, God knows how to deliver you like that precious sister that I'm talking about that the Lord brought, brought back. And he knows how to bring you back, too. But one thing they were blinded to, they said, how can we sing the Lord's song? And sometimes we say things and we don't hear what we say. They forgot when they were saying the Lord's song that it's his song. We love him because he first loved us. He first sang over you. He has a harp. I want to tell you about the Lord Jesus. He's never hung his harp up. Even when he became a man and down here in this wretched world says they hated me without a cause, despised and rejected by men. Still to this day, people look right over Jesus. They see church buildings, but as far as Jesus, you mentioned his name, Oh, yeah, yeah. I know about him. They look right over him. They make up lies about him. They try to bring him down. He was just an angel. He was just a prophet. They try to bring down the Lord of glory. But see, the Lord Jesus, Mark chapter 14 and verse 26, the night he was betrayed, even the night Judas went out to betray him and he knew he would be arrested. Mark 14, 26 says right after that, when you read it, they sung a hymn. Knowing he was going to the garden, the Mount of Olives and the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing tonight I'll be betrayed into the hands of wicked men. And I'll be shamefully treated, and I'm going to be crucified, and I'm going to die. I'll be rejected by all men. I'll be buried. He knew that, but it says he, they sung a hymn. Jesus didn't say, not tonight, boys, not tonight. You guys don't understand. No, he would have his moment of tears in the Garden of Gethsemane. But he, with all his heart. There's some days the devil, over a little bitty thing, tells me don't sing to God. Over a little bitty thing. Isn't that silly? The Lord Jesus said, no, even on this night being betrayed, he sung a hymn. Now look at verse 27. And then he tells his disciples, all of you, they didn't want to hear that. All of you shall be made to stumble tonight because of me. All of you will fall away. You know what he was telling them? All of you are going to hang up your harps, he was telling them. And they didn't believe it. But that night, they didn't understand his crucifixion or his death. And they surely did. They were all scattered. But see, after his resurrection and the sending of the Holy Spirit, it's a different story. Now, he says, all of you have a harp and all of you can sing on that harp. You can uh, make melody to the Lord night and day, day and night, all of your life, every day. I don't care what's going on with you. One more passage of scripture I want to turn to before We see what the Lord wants to do here in this place tonight. Go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Verse 38. We're going to read this little story for a moment. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Jesus. It's not bedtime yet, but it won't be too much longer. So this is like a bedtime story. (laughs) That way you can sing aloud on your bed tonight. Some of you, you're going to wake up in the morning singing to God. Some of you are going to wake up in the morning praying in tongues and in the Holy Ghost, and you're just going to know it's God. Someone said, well, I've never prayed in tongues before. I said, well, there's always a first time. Someone said, well, I've never uh, jumped up and down before, God. There's a first time for you. Well, I've never wept or felt that I'm in heavenly places. There's a first time for you. Just because you never have before doesn't mean you're not going to. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went. He entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Can you say thank you, Jesus, for Martha? Verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet. And heard his word. She was by the river Ahava. That's where she was. (laughs) Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, you don't care. That's what she said. Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. Jesus said and answered her, Verse 41, Martha, Martha. He didn't say, Martha, Martha. He said, Martha, you are worried and troubled, distracted. Some versions say, you're distracted by many things. He didn't say, now, Martha, you're a worker and Mary's a worshiper. He did not say that because every child of God is a worshiper and has a harp and every child of God is a worker. We're co-laborers with God. It wasn't about that. She was serving food. It wasn't about that. There's nothing wrong with that. It was about that distraction business. From the heavenly place, from the king of kings And she was no longer being led by God. She's telling God what to do. Tell her to help me. That's what you need to do, Lord. And this is what needs to happen here. And I don't even think you care about me. And he spoke to her with love. Martha was a worshiper just like Mary. Don't let the devil fool you. Don't think, I'm too busy. I have little kids. Well, you're a worshiper with little kids. Well, I work a job, and it's really hard, and I'm surrounded by all kinds of ungodly people with filthy mouths. Well, you're a worshiper in the midst of a perverted, twisted, ungodly world, and you're the light in that world. And you have a harp, and you have a song to God. And don't let the devil fool you. Jesus comes. Look at verse 42. One thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part. Here it is. It will not be taken away from her. Jesus will never take your harp from you. And if you choose and you believe, he won't let the world take it from you either. He will protect you and defend you. But you have to make that choice to pick that harp up because he's worthy. And if he's worthy, let him be worthy. And if you're struggling in your mind with all these rivers of depression or regret, there's a river of regret. That's an evil river. It's not from God. It keeps you looking back here. And you can never see what God has here or even here. And it never lets you lift up your head and lift up your eyes because your redemption draws near. And God says, in the midst of all that distraction, if you choose, I will guard you. And I'm not going to let that heart be taken away from you. And that intimacy that I've given you, even if your heart has all kinds of dust on it and you got to whatever. God doesn't say, no, I waited for you for three years and now you're going to have to wait for me for three years to fill my presence. Amen. The Lord's not that way. Amen. Men and women are that way. Oh, you want to diss me? I'm going to diss you. You want to ignore me? I'm going to ignore you. The Lord is waiting. I stand at the door and knock. And the moment you open the door, he says, I will come in. It's a promise. I'm going to ask the worship team if they'll come forward to worship. Now, we have... A large worship team here tonight. Those who are on the altar. Now we have this family here on earth and we have the family in heaven too. So We have even a larger worship team. I don't mind the angels joining in. They belong to God. They do his bidding and they surround those who fear the Lord. But the angels of God are here tonight. They're not here for any other reason, not to do man's will. They're here to honor and glorify him. But tonight, the angels even don't understand the grace that you've tasted, that we've tasted. The angels even desire to look into it, and they're amazed by the Lord, the Holy One. And his love for us. And they do his will. Thank God. Say thank God. God. But God has a promise for you tonight. I will not take your heart from you. I don't care if they throw you in a freezer. And strip you down. And the devil mocks you and laughs at you. Or he has you in a situation in your life that you just feel shut in. We want to worship you. Lord, I thank you for new songs. I thank you for songs that we know. I thank you for songs that we yet to know. Because as you bring us through every battle and every storm, we will come out with a new song. Even praise to you. Lord, you promise it shall not be taken away from us. No devil in hell, no man, no flesh, no one can take it from your church, your blood-bought church. Thank you for your worshiping saints here. Thank you for your people here that were bought with your blood, not any man's decision. It was yours. I thank you for every man and woman here tonight, Lord. We thank you for this place, but in this place are those who desire to go. In the holy place. Thank you for paying that price for us. I'm going to ask Pastor Raymond if he would just join me up here in the altar. We're just going to let the Spirit lead tonight. As you just stand to your feet tonight, the Holy Ghost is here. Won't you just go ahead in your own way. Begin to just believe. It doesn't start with your words, it starts with your believing. Just begin to believe what Jesus said. Holy Spirit, you take over tonight.